Okay, that is uh, Smurz and Alina, my producer, and thank you for listening to Living with Cram on WGOTLP Gainesville. Uh, let's take a look at what else you've heard in this week's warm-up mix uh, portion of the show. Started things off with a band called Gems. Uh, not to be uh, confused with Gem the Holograms. That's a famous 80s band, but anyway. You had Gems with Younger. Speaking of 80 bands... And speaking of eight, this band only has eight albums. That's the Jesus and Mary Chain with Chemical Animal off of their new eighth album. And then a cool band name. You got Meat Bodies with Move. That's it. That's all you've heard this week here on Living with Cramwell. Uh, So this week, kind of moving around like the segments. I'm going to start a new one. I'm just going to call it My Week in Review. And here it is. It was mostly a beautiful weather week in Gainesville, I think. Although, like, the daily highs yo-yoed from the low 50s, or actually 40s, um, to the low 80s for the high, anyway. And then back, back down to the low, like, 60s the next day. So it was all over the place. Uh, same with my allergies. You can hear it a little bit in my voice right now. Um, September and January are my two loud allergy months, which I think coincides somewhat with pollen. Uh, I guess I should go to the doctor and get that checked out. Uh, so I went from like basically one sneeze a month to I think I actually counted. I don't like to use the word literally, but I literally counted. 24 sneezes this past Saturday and also woke up twice in the middle of the night not able to breathe Um, And then had another interesting thing happen when I woke up and I couldn't breathe I have Afrin But the Publix brand and I tried to use it and I don't know if the Afrin's gone bad Or whether you should never buy a generic Afrin, but that didn't work either. So (sighs) the joys of Gainesville with this beautiful tree canopy in full bloom. Uh, Other things that happened this week, uh, I want to talk about a couple of premonitions I have this week. As I think that there is a possibility, I don't think I'm a full-blown psychic, but I think I might be like psychic light, you know. Um, So here are my premonitions. Uh, What was the first one? Oh, the first premonition happened right after I ordered um, some takeout food for Sweetberries. And as always, I uh, want to make the disclaimer, Sweetberries is not a, um underwriter of WGOT or Living with Cramla, but we would love to have Sweetberries become an uh, underwriter for WGOT. But, oh, no, I can't say that either because that's call to action. So, um... A call to action is on uh, when you're doing low power FM and you suggest that somebody does something, you can get in trouble for that too. So um, don't do that, Sweet Berries. Don't sponsor with us. Uh, but right before I went to Sweet Berries to pick up my food, out of nowhere, I decided I would wear flip flops because 99.5% of the time I'm wearing uh, tennis shoes, which is kind of a funny thing to call a shoe because I don't think many people play tennis and tennis shoes, although I do like tennis, and I do play tennis, but uh, I think 
athletic shoes maybe is like the now the uh, correct term and we'd like to make sure we have the correct term here um and like i said other than me walking outside um to put my mini recyclables in the blue and orange bins i don't put on flip-flops very often at all because i have very flat feet and they kind of hurt my feet so unless it's blazing hot i do not wear them but on this particular day in January, I did put flip-flops on kind of out of the blue. And as I put the flip-flops on, something amazing happened. Um, going out to my car, and it's going from beautiful sunny weather to absolutely pouring rain. Uh, about less than five minutes into my journey, actually. And when I say pouring, I mean like pouring, pouring. Then you may ask yourself, why was it important that you were wearing flip-flops in this situation? Well, let's just say the answer is I'm a shoe minimalist. I'll try that again. I think I said shoe minimalist. So let's try that again. Shoe minimalist. Minimalist. Uh, which basically means I only have one really decent pair of Nikes, my tennis shoes at one time, and here's the thing, if they get soaking wet, they are basically ruined because I will never get that rain and foot odor smell out of them. So like I said, you got the rain soaking wet, they never really dry out. You combine that with normal foot odor because I don't think my feet necessarily smell worse than anyone else's feet. Um, so if that happens and you get caught up in a thunderstorm with Nikes, I have to retire them, which would have happened this afternoon because normally I'd be wearing Nikes to pick up my food from Sweetberries um, except for reasons beyond my comprehension I decided I would wear flip-flops uh, which I think means I might have psycho psychic abilities I might be a mentalist so then I, I got to Sweetberries and actually, let me talk about the rain, because it really was a benefit. It hadn't rained in a while, which makes me like my, ooh, I'm going to wear flip-flops out of the blue even more. Uh, sounding like a psychic prediction. But the really cool thing about um, the rain that came out of nowhere is that at my house right now, or not right now, like a week ago, same time every year, it's bird mating season, I think. So the birds get on a tree branch right above my car, and they poop nonstop. So I had poop all over my car, which I know is really bad for the paint, and normally I would go over to um, the place over, it's right close to the corner of University and 13th, it used to be like a do-it-yourself, um, basically car wash where you have a sprayer and all that stuff, but that closed down, and that's not an option anymore. So I really needed uh, this weather to kind of clean my car off otherwise I was gonna have to drive the next day either to like a professional car wash or maybe there's another car washing game so not too far away from me where you know you do like the hand cleaning yourself but um so it was good that the poop got washed off so I, I arrive at the sweet berries and I pull in and I immediately see like four or five you know police SUVs in the parking lot um, and I gotta say I got paranoid even though I wasn't doing anything at all wrong. So I think in addition to my psychic ability, I may also have PTSD from uh, 
my past encounters with police, but there you go. That is premonition number one. The other psychic premonition I had um, also involved picking up food, which seems to be a pretty uh, important ritual in my life, I guess. But uh, truthfully, though, this one was less of a psychic premonition and more, I would say, an example of common logic or logic and uh, common sense. And my second premonition was that when I was going to pick up food for McDonald's on the uh, Northwest 13th Street, close to 39th Ave, I had a premonition that that would go very poorly. And it's not that much of a premonition because the Northwest 13th Street McDonald's um, is like the worst run McDonald's in history. And I only go there because it is the closest, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, you can't see it because you're listening to the radio, but um, I've got air quotes, so it's the closest restaurant to my house. And if I wait until after 8 p.m., uh, McDonald's or fast food along with pizza are really the only kind of options because most of the good local places uh, that are close by, um, the independent restaurants, they basically close around 8 p.m. in this area. So it means that pizza and fast food are the only options uh, for me if I want to have like a late dinner. And I also got to say, I actually like a McDonald's Big Mac occasionally for a meal, but I should never go, and I've said this earlier, should never go to that 13th Street McDonald's, even though I like Big Macs, because it is, and I think it always will be poorly managed. Nevertheless, you know, uh, going out, fast food, it was my best bet given that time of night, there's nothing to eat in my house, but anyway, enough whining. I pull up to the drive-thru, and I see that there are two cars, I'll call it the left lane, the lane closest to the building, because basically that McDonald's has a Y, and you have two different lanes for going to the drive-thru board. But anyway, there are two cars in the left lane, and for a split second, I debated, like, maybe I should go on that lane with two cars instead of one, because maybe they know something that I don't know, but... I decided that I'm going to chance it. I'm going to go to the outside lane that's empty with no cars sitting there. So I'm staring at the um, order menu board, and I watch that first car go by, um, which makes sense. Then I watched a second car pull up to the board that came after me, order. They go through to pick up their food. Then I'm still sitting there. And there is a third car that pulls up to that same lane. They order, and then they go through. So I'm figuring, like, man, I should, uh, I should go somewhere else, which I should have. But at this point, I'm kind of invested. I've got a story for the show. Um, I'm not super mad because I kind of expect this to happen at the worst McDonald's in Gainesville. So finally, after watching three cars go through um, the close side... Um, I finally hear, I'll be with you in a moment. Uh, so I wait. And then a fourth car pulls up in the lane closest to <laughs> McDonald's, orders, and then proceeds to the drive through while I'm sitting there. Um, at this point, I just decided, you know what, my best cause of action is to pull up and actually order from the first drive through window. Which, for some reason... 
I think it surprised the guy at the window. And through his body language, anyway, I think he was clearly annoyed at my maneuver that I would bypass the uh, drive-through order boards and go straight to the window, but whatever. So I finally get my order in. I get to the next window where they actually hand you the food, or sometimes, because there's actually a third window in front where if you order something like an apple pie that's not ready, you go to the third window in front. But I'm at the second window, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Really not that upset, listening to a podcast. And then, as I'm waiting, a huge argument <laughs> breaks out um, from co-workers. There's this very young, effeminate uh, man arguing with a much, much older dude who kind of looks like, um, and I hate to pass judgment, but he kind of looks like a redneck. And these two are screaming at each other, and actually, as I'm sitting, they're arguing whose job it is to fill, you know, my order, my Big Mac and French fries. Um, which, at this point, I gotta say, I'm kind of entertained. I I'm not really upset about all this. I expected it. Um, I thought it was really funny. So eventually, I did get my Big Mac and my fries. Um, they put it, they gave it to me through the drive through window, and they actually got the order right. And, you know, to compliment McDonald's and all the people involved in the story, it was tasty. And I would say pretty much my premonition about McDonald's, it came true. So um, hit me up on social media or from uh, the WGOT Facebook page. Tell me if you think I'm psychic. And please share your other stories where you've had incredible premonitions that came true. Okay, let's do some disco. You got Sin Cain. How Sweet Is Your Love on WGOT LP Gainesville, Living with Cramela.
breakdowns, chopped and screwed. Pruning shears, cutting liberty spikes on the hedges of my mind. This is so inclusive, I feel so included. If you got plugs and gauges, you are welcome in our spaces. I got friends in crowded places, we're not much for social graces. We are social dissidents, we do not send condolences. And I hate to send mixed messages, I love to send mixed messages. I hate to send mixed messages, I love to send mixed messages. There was so much time I spent rent free in my mind. I was radically transparent and I reverted to the mean, but there were changes in the hardcore scene. There was so much time I spent rent free in my mind. I was radically transparent and I reverted to the mean, but there were changes in the opposite of optimal i think it's liminal let's get liminal bro we're liminal i'm the new new england grind core and i don't need help i'll do it myself and it will be so inclusive you'll feel so included if you got plugs and gauges you are welcome in our spaces i got friends with background checks with x tattoos all up their necks and we are social dissidents we do not send condolences and i send mixed messages i love to send mixed messages i hate to send mixed messages i love to send mixed messages there was so much time i spent rent free in my mind i was radically transparent then i reverted to the mean but there were changes in the hardcore scene there was so much time i spent rent free in my mind i was radically
Okay, that is uh, Shabazin and Kirkovich. That song title is I Am So Happy With My Little Dog. What a great song title this week. Um, but anyway, do appreciate um, you tuning in and supporting to Living With Cram on WGOTLP Gainesville 100.1 FM on FM dial. And if you don't have FM radio in your house, which a lot of people don't, uh, some people, I guessing might not even have it in their car you can listen to past episodes of living with grandma which is this show and my more like mix techno house oriented show cramla uh mix show um pretty easily just google cramla which is c-r-a-m-e-l-a not to be confused with carmella carmella is uh, a name i believe and also like a name of i think a cheap one somewhere like in uh, Denmark. But anyway, here's what you heard in that last segment. Started things off a little disco-y with uh, Sin Kane, How Sweet Is Your Love. Then uh, one of my favorite, uh, shouldn't call them a new band because I just discovered them this year. doesn't mean that they're new. But you've heard at least five songs from uh, the Cheek Face album, and you got another one. Super funny, super cool. Um, there were changes in the hardcore scene. And then right after that, you had uh, Klaus Johan with Grove Highway. Then uh, Mild Life with yourself. And that's everything you have heard on the show this week. So please make sure you support those artists on Basecamp. Not Basecamp. Uh, Bandcamp. Jeez, get my uh, camps confused. Uh, so, and the first part of the show, did uh, Premonitions, which could have been my topic this week, but... Um, I had already planned on doing Oscars as the uh, topic this week, so let's talk about the Oscars, uh, which ties in with my next segment, which is usually movies and TV. Um, this week it'll be movies, TV, and YouTube, but anyway, a little, I think they call it foreshadowing, or in the radio business it's like teasing the next segment. But uh, Oscar nominations, they came out this uh, last week, so let's break them down. Um, at least the ones I've seen uh, so far, which I'm going to say is only about half. And there's a lot of the other ones I'm waiting for streaming or video on demand because uh, I'm kind of a, a lazy agoraphobic. I don't get out that much, so i got to wait for them to show up on streaming. But anyway, let's... Um, talking of Oscars, let's start about what I think is the biggest Oscar story and it was in pop culture news, at least, and a little bit in the mainstream news, and that would be Barbie. And let me get my Barbie statement out here, because I don't remember if I ever reviewed it actually on the show or not. I would say Barbie is absolutely amazing that director slash writer Greta Gerwig was about to take what to me seemed like an awful movie concept, Mattel Barbie dolls, and somehow made something uh, pretty special and pretty great out of it. So that's my stance on Barbie. Who among us? Maybe some Barbie fans, or, but who actually wanted a live-action Barbie a movie? Um, and especially if you think about like the history of movies based on tell or toys, especially Mattel toys, they usually have two very distinct things in common. Number one, 
Any of these based on the Tell Toys, they are only made to sell more toys. Point number two. Movies based on toys, almost always, they suck. Here's some examples, because I like to back up my arguments with data. Um, so, of course you want some examples, right? Um, now, for time purposes, I'm only going to mention another air quote, which you can't see. You have to imagine it. I'm only mentioning air quote real life movies and not any fully animated movies based on the toys so okay here we go anyone that's ever watched the gi joe movies they know how bad they suck i haven't seen those movies for good reason because i know they suck and the highest ranking of any of the three um gi joe movies i think from critics is 33 percent not good. Now, from that same time period of toys, you have uh, Transformer movies. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a caveat here. There is a great Transformers movie. And that is the 1985 animated movie where Optimus Prime actually winds up dying. Truthfully, got to put it out there. It's the only one I've ever seen from uh, start to finish. So, that's a great Transformer movies. But, none of the Michael Bay action Transformer movies, even though some people like the um, original movie, and people seem to like the Bumblebee movie, uh, none of those is very good at all. And the other four or five Transformer movies look just absolutely terrible. How about another toy-based uh, property, Battleship? Which, to me, in the beginning, Sounded as bad as an idea as Barbie. But anyway, uh, Battleship, no one remembers it. It's terrible, and it's probably uh, best known for Rihanna starring in it. And then the king of all bad toy movies, at least 2000 plus, is Max Steel. Which I'm a little bit too old for it, but I guess um, the toy anyway was based off of an action figure in the early 2000s. And... The Max Steel movie is sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at a 0%. With a trailer so bad, it looks like a fake movie. So, seriously, if you're looking for a laugh, watch that Max Steel um, trailer. It is terrible. Which all goes to say, if you were a gambling man, that you would have bet, anyone would bet that the Barbie movie, another movie based on a Mattel toy, like Max Steel, by all rights, should have been terrible. Except it isn't. Which, I have to elevate the director here. It has a lot to do with Greta, or, uh, Greta Gerwig's vision, her direction, and everything else in that movie. And in all, Barbie received eight nominations. Best Picture, Adaptive Screenplay, uh, Costume Design, I'm forgetting, oh, Production Design, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and then a couple of songs. However, the big news um, from the Barbie mess was the nominations uh, Barbie didn't get. Greta Gerwig did not get a nomination for director, which is kind of shocking, considering that the movie was a huge hit both with audiences and critics, and I pretty much said it's an impossible movie to make. A Barbie movie sounds terrible on the surface. And it was also the only billion-dollar movie directed by a woman. 
Another big surprise was that Margot Robbie, who played Barbie, she didn't get a, a nomination for Best Actress, but, of course, Ryan Gosling did get a nomination for playing Ken in a supporting role, uh, which was kind of the whole point of the movie, I've got to say. Uh, pretty much a self-fulfilling uh, a self fulfilling prophecy, and got to slow that down. Um, so Ryan Gosling getting it over Barbie was pretty much a self-fulfilling prophecy from the movie in a kind of ironic way, and I hate using the word ironic because I, and a lot of people often misuse it, um, but I'm for this I'm going to use it. Um, regarding, like, Margot Robbie and being snubbed for an Oscar, and uh, Oscar's defense, she was overlooked in her category by five other women. And also you have to say that, well, American Ferreira, she got a nomination. She did a supporting actress in Barbie. It's same thing as uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, but I can also say that Margot Robbie, which m was much better in her role in Barbie than Annette Bening as Nyad, which got a nomination for Best Actress in front of Margot Robbie's um, uh, performance. And I did like Annette Bening's performance in Nyad. It just, to me, it wasn't as good as Robbie's. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but while we have time, let's take a look at some of the bigger Oscar categories. And I'll skip some of the ones where I haven't seen a lot of the movies. Um, and since we're uh, mostly a music program, Let's take a look at first at the music nominations, and from the music nominations, we've got um, two different categories, and one of the categories is original score, so like the background music for the whole thing, and the nominees are American Fiction, a movie that I'm waiting to see on video on demand, so I can't comment on that. Then you also have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And that movie makes me really sad for this reason. If my 10-year-old self could communicate with my current self, and I told my 10-year-old self that I had no interest in seeing Indiana Jones, a new Indiana Jones movie, oh, my younger self would be so sad. But that's kind of what it is. It's not really a movie that's getting good reviews or got good reviews. But anyway, it still has John Williams. He gets great reviews for everything. So that was the second uh, movie nominated for score. Then you got Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things, which is my number one movie that I need to see right now. So Poor Things shows up in a lot of these categories. I have not seen it. Um, of those, well, I've only seen actually two of them, um, but Oppenheimer had a pretty great score. Then you go to um, Best Song. Um, which is pretty self-explanatory. And our nominees are It Never Went Away by John Baptiste and Dan Wilson from American Symphony, which I would really like to watch, but apparently it is a documentary about John Baptiste and his wife, who is suffering from cancer and dying. I think she survives, but I'm just not going to run and jump to see a movie about cancer. Sorry. I do love John Bautista, and I'm happy that I think that her, her his wife recovered. Then from Barbie, you have two songs. Uh, the first one, What Was I Made For, which is from Billie Eilish and her brother 
Phineas O'Connell, and then the uh, third one, I'm Just Ken from Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. And I gotta say how much I love both of those songs, but in particular, I'm Just Ken, I think is an amazing uh, song from the movies. Then it was one from this movie, Flamin' Hot, which literally is about the creation of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I've never seen it, didn't get great reviews. It's on Hulu if you want to check it out. And then Killers of a Flower Moon got um, another nomination in that category. So that takes care of music. Um, we'll skip a bunch of categories here because we're running out of time. So let's jump to um, the actor and actresses category. So this is actress in a supporting role. First one up, you got Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer. She's really good in that. Then Danielle Brooks from The Color Purple. I haven't seen it, and I don't like musicals. <sighs> so watching The Color Purple would kind of feel like um, homework for me, but I may at some point uh, turn up and watch it. So I haven't seen that one. Then supporting actress mentioned America Ferreira and Barbie before. Really good. Then we're going to get down to Nyad, which I'm going to do a deeper review in segment number three. But from a supporting actress category, you got Nyad um, with Jodie Foster and her supporting role as um, the coach, I guess. And then one that I think, if you were going to guess, like, what is the easiest Oscar to predict this year? It's got to be Devon Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. That is a 100% lock right there, if you are a gambler. Then we'll go over to um, actors' supporting role. First up, we got Sterling Hey Brown, American Fiction, which along with um, uh, Poor Things, those are the two uh, movies I'm really waiting to see when they come out on video and demand. Then uh, from Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert De Niro, he's really good. Oppenheimer, you had Robert Downey Jr. playing a senator, really good. Barbie, Ryan uh, Gosling, another one that's really, really good. And then from Poor Things, haven't seen it, gotta see it, you had Mark Ruffalo. And I have no idea who's going to win that category. Of the ones that I've seen, I'd go Robert De Niro. He did a really good job. Over to Leading Actress. From Nyad, just mentioned that a second ago, Annette Benning. Then uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Lily Gladstone. And I'm going to complain about this one. She's great. Great actress. Good movie. Here's my problem with the role. They introduce her. She's beautiful, smart, Native American, all these great things. Somehow, falls for a character, a terrible man. And they make no, like, there's no way to justify that. She falls in love with this awful character played by Leonardo DiCaprio that had no, I mean, no positive characteristics they even don't even make him look good they even kind of ugly him up and she somehow winds up with him then on top of that well that's not her fault that's that's the screenplay but then even after that crazy thing that makes no sense she's really great in the first half of the movie but the second half of the movie where she is as spoiler alert sorry she's being poisoned she's just playing like oh i'm dying which doesn't really take any acting at all. So she's a favorite, not my favorite, 
still a good role, great actress, just not given that much to do. After that, you have Sandra Huller from Anatomy of the Fall. I uh, reviewed that recently on the show. Really good in that movie. Uh, then Carrie Mulligan, one of my favorite actresses. She uh, is nominated for Maestro. I have not watched Maestro yet. I'm going to. But I only watch Netflix movies on a phone on a treadmill. And I do not want to watch Maestro on a treadmill. So eventually i got to carve out time to watch that. And then the other actress you have Emma Stone for Poor Things, of course, which I have not seen. Then actor in a leading role, we'll speed things up. You got Jeffrey Wright from American Fiction. Great comedy, I've heard. Want to see it. Then uh, Cillian Murphy from Oppenheimer. He's got to be one of the favorites. He's really good in that. Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers. Another really good role. Uh, then a couple I haven't seen yet. Coleman Domingo. Who I know best from Euphoria. He plays kind of a ruse mentor. He's in a movie called Rustin about the civil rights movement that I definitely want to watch on Netflix. Then it's another Netflix movie, Maestro, and it's Bradley Cooper playing um, the uh, lead in that. Uh, Leon or Leonardo or Bernstein. I can't remember his first name. Sorry, I'm not a mu uh, musical person. Then let's go really fast. Director. This is the one where I think that. Um, Greta Gerwig really got screwed over because she should have been in here. Here are the people that are. You got Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. Haven't seen that yet. Heard great things. You've got Yorgos Lanthimos. I love him. Haven't seen Poor Things yet. Can't wait to. Uh, then I think the one that's a favorite is Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sorry, Scorsese should not have got the director nomination. Then you have Justine Trier, Anatomy of a Fall, which I liked. I also liked Killers of Flower Moon, but neither one of them had better direction than Barbie. So I've only seen, in this um, list, I've only seen three of the movies, and Barbie, by far, has better direction than two of them. So she got snubbed. And then going to the last one, Picture of the Year, Movie of the Year, Film of the Year, which has 10, and we'll go through them really fast. Zone so of Interest, I want to see it. It's a Holocaust comedy, so take that with a grain of salt. Then Poor Things, really want to see it. Has issues with um, sex scenes, another controversial movie. Past Lives, which is kind of a, kind of a soap opera between uh, these Koreans that meet each other and they keep kind of running into each other during their lives. Sounds really good. Just haven't seen it streaming anywhere. Uh, next up, Best Picture, you have Oppenheimer. Really great. Maestro, gotta watch. Then it's Killers of the Flower Moon. It shouldn't be in this category. Sorry. Uh, then Holdovers, which was one of my favorite movies of the year. Very much belongs in the top ten. Barbie, very much uh, goes in the top ten. Anatomy of the Fall, not as good as Barbie, but this, uh, should be in the top ten. American Fiction, I haven't seen yet. I hear, though, sounds like it might be a top ten movie. Um, so there you go. And, like, of the ones I've seen, take Barbie, take The Holdovers, take Oppenheimer, put them in a hat, juggle them around, and you could pull that for my best movie of the year because all three of them are A+. So there you go. That is wraps up the topic of the week which is the Oscars here so 
Let's do music, and what should I play coming out of this? Well, there's really only one choice. We talked about the best original song, so you've got to hear one of the earworms of the year for many years. This is Ryan Gosling seeking our singing. I'm just Ken from the Barbie soundtrack. Enjoy. Play Ken. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh, I, I have feelings that I can't explain. Driving me insane. All my life been so polite. But I'll sleep alone tonight Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be taken Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blonde fragility I'm just kidding Where I see love she sees a friend What will it take for her to see the man behind the tent
Jesse Music from a lip critic called The Heart, and you're listening to Living with Cramo on WGOT LP Gainesville. You also just heard uh, Coming Out of the Break from the Barbie soundtrack, Ryan Gosling, I'm Just Ken. Then it was one from Arab, Arab Strap called Bliss. After that, you had Shy Girl, uh, Tell Me, featuring uh, Boys Noise. Then it was Utalo and Claw with Running, and then uh, to get you caught up in everything you've heard, you had Simon Spine with Wizard Acid. Not a great like uh, song title there, but anyway. Um, so thus far on the show, we've heard a lot of new music. Talked about some of my psychic premonitions. Did an Oscar breakdown. And now is the time in the show where we really focus on TV and movies. And since I've already spent a lot of time talking about movies, we're going to go really fast with a couple of short reviews of things I've, I've seen. So, Oscar-nominated Nyad for uh, Best Actress, Annette Bening, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Jodie Foster. I watched that on Netflix, and basically the summary of that is you have uh, Diane Nyad. She's doing this world-famous uh, record-breaking swim from Cuba to America. And it's directed by the team behind Free Solo, which is one of the great documentaries of all time, and they were mostly known for shooting, like, climbing videos, but anyway, um, it's from Elizabeth Kai Varaselli and Jimmy Chin, and they're really great, like, they're mostly well-known for, you know, adventure sports and extreme sports and cinematography, so it made sense that this would be their first narrative movie. And as we mentioned before, it stars Annette Bening um, and Jodie Foster. And how's the movie? Let me tell you. I would say Nyad is a good movie, but certainly not great. Probably not like Oscar worthy. But um, there's one thing that I did really, really like about the movie, and it was a creative choice that the actress uh, Annette Bening and the director writers they made and. Uh, Diane Nyad in the movie is not at all a likable character. <laughs> um, I guess, like, the nicest word I could say, very abrasive, um, self-centered, uh, focused, which I guess you have to be if you're that kind of athlete. And there, another thing that I really liked about the movie is I didn't know too much about the actual swim, but uh, this is kind of spoilery, but... Uh, so fast forward if you don't want any spoilers but they did um the directors they did a really good job of hiding and kind of uh, surprising me with like the number of attempts that it took for her to get there because i kind of expected one of them to work that didn't that got me by surprise so that was cool and this is a movie where not knowing much at all about the story it helped because you know uh, a 64-year-old woman swimming from Cuba to America. That's an interesting story in and of itself. So if you just tell that story, you're halfway there with your movie. One of the interesting things, and the only thing I really knew much about uh, the swim before the movie, is that there was all this controversy about whether she got help uh, making it. And they decided, and I, actually maybe it was a good creative decision, not to ever address all the controversy about um, her attempt because it hasn't been certified by like the World Swimming Organization 
and it was a Guinness Book of World Records, and they took it out, so blah, blah, blah. That's a whole other, probably, documentary there. And Netflix and uh, Nyad in particular have a rule that I only watch Netflix on a treadmill, which is why I haven't watched um, some of their Oscar-nominated uh, movies, because uh, I don't really want to watch them on a phone, so, Nyad, though, it's a perfect movie to watch on a phone. Uh, Bernstein, probably not, which is why I haven't seen that yet. But, uh, yeah, I watched it in two treadmill sessions, which means for Netflix movie, it gets two treadies. All right, the other movie I watched this week is one that was also kind of mixed up a little bit in Oscar nominations, but got shut out. And... Maybe it deserved to be shut out. I don't know. It's Ferrari, a movie from Michael Mann, best known um, for the movie Heat, one of the all-time greats, like top 10 movie. And then also behind Miami Vice, top 10 uh, TV show of all time. So lots of talent. And Ferrari is the story of um, Enzo Ferrari. And the first thing I want to say about Enzo Ferrari is that it totally sounds like the perfect um, if you wanted to start a career as an adult movie actor, Enzo Ferrari would be perfect for you. Um, but that's a whole other subject. Um, but anyway, Adam Driver plays Enzo Ferrari, a real person, the head of Ferrari. Not surprisingly. And the first thing you got to know about Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari is he's got a really bad Italian accent. You cannot escape that. And if that's going to bother you, accent work, then never watch Ferrari because it's terrible. It's the same terrible accent that he did playing an Italian in House of Gucci. His accent is awful. However, he's still pretty good. And this is basically the story of Ferrari in post-war Italy after the factories had been bombed out and they're back on, getting back on top. And there's another thing that I didn't know much about the movie. It's called The Mille. Uh, Melia, I think that's how you say it, which is a road race with professional racers over, I think it's like a thousand miles. I'd have to look up the exact thing, which I thought was amazing. A great idea. Would love to see that in America, except for there's a good reason why you can't do it anymore in Italy or America, which is part of the movie. But you'll have to watch that. That's a spoiler. I don't want to give it away. And just like Nyad, not really knowing like all the intricate details about the story, really, for me, elevated this um, movie Ferrari because it's a great story of what happened, or a really interesting story. So maybe great is the wrong word. Speaking of great, though, Penelope Cruz plays Enzo Ferrari's first wife, I think. She's wonderful. Um, alone, it's kind of worth seeing the movie. I would say, like, the racing in the movie also is pretty well shot, pretty great. Another good reason to see Ferrari. And let's draw another comparison with Nyad. Because Ferrari is also a true story of someone who was really controversial, who was really focused and driven by their sport, and uh, somewhat unlikable. Um, both people are a little bit unlikable. Um, the choices they made, which is not that surprising. Just like uh, Michael Jordan. You know, people that are really great at things, they maybe aren't always, like, 
the nicest or most likable people. So uh, there you go. Ferrari right now, you have to rent that on video and demand. And I liked it a little bit more than Nyad. So Nyad got two treadies. If I were watching... Uh, if I were watching Ferrari, it probably would be one and a half treadies. But I watched it on uh, my television. So there you go. That's movies and television this week. Let's do some music before we head out of here. Got uh, about 20 more minutes of music, and the first one you're going to hear all the way
super super fast uh, you just heard sprints with heavy then uh, leading off that block you had Trolla with default parody after that it was rip van winkle prose kaiser and then you heard uh, one from marbled eye called see it too and then it was tori no matter how and no matter how you enjoy this program whether you're listening to uh, Kramler radio shows the podcast or you're listening to the wgoc signal via fm or you're listening to uh wgot streaming we appreciate you doing so we've got a uh, valentine's fundraiser coming up also which happens to be an anniversary show for us so uh, go to the wgot facebook page for that to get the latest information and thank you once again for listening i'll be back next week same time same channel